In the National Football League, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport has a few reports out this afternoon. Nick Foles will be placed on injured reserve with a designation to return. That's with an injured collarbone he suffered on Sunday. He's also reporting Tevin Coleman is expected to miss time after suffering a sprained ankle in Sunday's Week 1 win over the Buccaneers. Antonio Brown's one-year contract with the Patriots includes a fully guaranteed $20 million option for 2020. This was done for cap purposes. And Cowboys owner Jerry Jones called Dak Prescott's contract extension imminent. Obviously, they just brought back Ezekiel Elliott, so now they'll try to lock up Prescott for the near future. And in Major League Baseball, the Boston Red Sox have fired Dave Dombrowski. Dombrowski was the team president and helped shape the 2018 World Series team, but he is out, according to Jeff Passan of ESPN. I'm Vance Trafford, and this has been your Fantasy Sports Radio Network News Update. Stay tuned to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network for more updates at the top of every hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Joined by Fantasy Taz, Jim Day, FFChamps.com. He will be with me for the entire hour today as we recap some of the top storylines here in week one. Taz, how was your weekend? Hey, weekend was great. We had real football. How can you beat that? I mean, uh, you guys beat us, but I figured that was going to happen, so it didn't really hurt my feelings. <laughs> um, you know, it was what it was. But, yeah, absolutely, a lot of players came to play, and a lot of others didn't. It's just the way it works in week one. Yes, and if people are not sure what you're referring to, you're talking about the Dallas Cowboys, the team I root for. You are a Giants fan, and I think pretty much that was expected uh, this week. Uh, the Cowboys, though, the thing that stood out about them is – Dak Prescott and his performance, 405 passing yards and four touchdowns. And Dak Prescott is a quarterback I got this year a lot as a backup. So he was on the bench for me in a couple leagues this week, unfortunately. But I just felt that with Kellen Moore calling the plays and you could see them, they were a little bit more aggressive. They weren't as vanilla as they have been in the past. They took shots downfield. There was play action. There was pre-snap motions. Uh, so, you know, I know it's the Giants defense, but Dak really had a good game and you know he has been a QB1 his first three years in the league no he absolutely has and I couldn't believe everybody pushing him down the board so much this year you know you got Amari Cooper who looked you know, good. He had some down games, but he looked good once he came over. Dak looked good once he came over, and now they had a full off season to work. But of course, Cooper did start with that foot injury and was missed a lot of time. But obviously, he's in there. He's playing. He didn't look hampered by it at all. Uh, but yeah, I, I couldn't get the whole thing with Dak being down. And the one thing I really wanted to see was if all the talk that had been of the preseason about what Kellen Moore was going to do to this team and how, you know, versatile they were going to make it. I wanted to see if that was going to come to fruition. And it certainly did. This was not the Dallas Cowboy offense of even last year. This was a totally different offense. And if they keep up this kind of pace with the, the kind of play calling he was making yesterday, they are going to be tough team to beat. Yeah, that is definitely the case for sure. And Michael Gallup with a big game, seven receptions for 158 yards. You know, last year, before they made the deal for Amari Cooper, I said, this is a guy to go get in the second half. Then Cooper comes and wasn't sure exactly what was going to happen. But there were times where Dak Prescott and him just missed, and you heard nothing but positive reports out of training camp, and it showed up on the field yesterday. Do you think – he is someone that we can count on each week as a wide receiver three, or do you need to see another game or two? Because 
you know, this offense did put up 35 points. And is that something we could count on every week? Maybe the next two with the Redskins and Dolphins, maybe yes. But are you <laughs> buying? Are Dolphins, you buying yeah. <laughs> if you don't get 32 on the Dolphins, I'm going to be very disappointed. The defense alone uh, yeah. might get 30 on the Dolphins. Yeah. That, half that team wanted to desert last night, um, <laughs> calling their agents, get me out of here, get me traded. Um, so, yeah, obviously a lot of those guys aren't in for it either. So. It's going to be interesting to see that team. It, it's almost going to be like scratch it out on the schedule. Anybody who plays them every week, that's your survivor pool pick. Any defense that plays them any week, that's your defensive streamer. You know, anything like that is all going to be on the Dolphins this year because, well, let's face it, I mean, they just looked totally lost yesterday, and it can only get worse from here. Yeah, they have New England next week. So, yeah, that'll be a fun game to watch. Uh, that'll be one that'll be over pretty quickly there. On the Giants' side, you know, Saquon Barkley looked really good early on, a big run. He had a 59-yard run, only 11 carries for 120 yards, uh, four receptions for 19. And you could say, well, Dallas was in control, but this game was 7-7 after the first quarter. Do you think that the Giants abandoned the run way too early? Because Eli put the ball in the air 44 times. Yeah, that's definitely a description for disaster. And, you you know, when you got somebody like Barkley, anytime you abandon the run is the wrong time. I don't care what you say. He's the best playmaker you have on the field. And, look, I know they get him involved in the passing game, and that's a great thing. But you still have to work some of those plays in for the run to actually keep that passing game actually viable. If they're just sitting back there waiting for you to throw the ball, it's much harder to do that. If you have to make them come force that box because you're running Barkley, then it opens up things down down the field. So again, you know, the one thing I'm learning is I don't think that this offense really knows how to call plays. For the last two years in a row, I just think they've always been backwards of what I expected from them. Yeah, and look, for fantasy purposes, Barkley had a decent day, probably not what you wanted obviously out of your top pick or second pick and that's why I gave McCaffrey a slight edge and had him one just because there there could be days like this where they're just not scoring much or they abandoned the run early, and that was a little bit of a concern when you're splitting hairs with those top few picks when it came to Barkley. Although, Evan Ingram, 14 targets, 11 for 116, and then we find out today that Sterling Shepard uh, might have a concussion. So, uh, Oh, thin- crap. I didn't even see that. <laughs> yeah. It was just uh, right before the show. It was reported by the uh, Giants beat writer that he might have a concussion. So, Oh, man. <laughs> We're tanking for Tua. Well, uh, I don't know about that. You might have the answer, right, in Jones? So, uh, yeah, it says uh, he's gonna, he could be placed in the concussion protocol. So we don't know yet. And, uh, obviously, Ingram already getting all he can handle. Is there any other receiver on the Giants that you would consider a pickup if Shepard is out? Would it be Cody Lattimore, who had eight targets? Well, it could be Latimer. It could also be uh, Benny Fowler. It looked pretty good. Had five receptions, 40 yards. I mean, it is what it is. Latimer, I think, Latimer, I think is more the big play guy, and he'll make some big plays for you time to time. But, you know, in a PPR league, I think I'd rather have Fowler as, you know, now that if Shepard's out. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays. But uh, Latimer made that really nice one in a grab last night. That, yesterday, it looked really good. Yeah, Fowler did have five targets in the game, five receptions for 40 yards. Also, late last night, in case you missed it, Juju Smith-Schuster dealing with a toe injury, but reportedly expected to be fine. Uh, he had x-rays on his toe. I was surprised he was in the game that late. It was 33-3, to like in the final couple minutes, right? Uh, yeah, at that point, you're right. Why, why do you keep him in there? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, he was trying to recoup something. I mean, up until that point, he really wasn't doing anything. 
Yeah. Are you concerned about that, or you think this was just the Patriots taking away the number one option as they always do? Hey, I, Friday night on my Friday night podcast, I called him my bust of the week. Uh, I said he'd probably end up with like 12, 13 points, but he wouldn't get much more than that. Yeah, and, but it's the matchup specifically, right? Oh, yeah, it's absolutely New England. You know, first of all, they, they have probably one of the best quarter, quarterback tandems in the league. Um, and just, you know, Bill Belichick, we know, always wants to take out your top option. All right, when we return, lots more ahead as we recap week one. A lot of people were questioning whether Lamar Jackson can play quarterback, but at least for one week, he answered that emphatically. We'll talk about that and the Ravens offense and a lot more what we think from week one. That's all ahead. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis along with Taz, Jim Day. You can find him at ffchamps.com. Find me at fulltimefantasy.com. We're here until 4 p.m. Eastern going over some of the top storylines here in week one. And don't forget, you can find a ton of great content on fulltimefantasy.com. Also, we are contributing to Sports Illustrated, si.com slash fantasy. Uh, and if you have any specific questions, you could ask them on the message boards in the forums anytime you want. As I see this... Some baseball questions still there specifically for me, so I will answer those as we come down to the wire, man. Stop baseball. Yeah, hey, look, I'm trying to hold on in a couple leagues and trying to win tout wars. I think I'm like six and a half out with uh, what is Ooh, it, three nice. weeks to go. Yeah, so uh, along with that's football, always a nice one to win. It is. I've won it twice before, two times in the last four years. So I'm going for the third and five. Oh, but, uh, I need a, a lot of things to break right, and it was really tough this week to focus on that with. <laughs> In Vegas and football on yeah. all day trying to watch the game. So, well, uh, For all the people listening, I will tell you this. There's a lot of people that do this for a living, talk on the radio, talk on TV, all that stuff. And uh, I would say a good percentage, percentage of them suck at fantasy sports. Adam is absolutely not one of them. Adam is one of the best I've ever seen. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. And, yeah, there are a lot of people who do this, and then you see them in links. You're like, um, wow, you, got, you never do well at all. But, hey, that happens, right? Uh, when you have so many people in the business. Uh, but let's talk about the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. I mean, he was tremendous yesterday. I know it was Miami. We know they stink, but he threw the deep ball well. A lot of people thought, hey, with his rushing floor, he's going to give you you know, QB1 potential numbers every week. But this week it was with the arm. And I actually wrote that. I did a, a sneaky start article for, the, for sports. Now, I think in our community he wasn't. But if you look at Lamar Jackson and where he was drafted, I think in some leagues it was QB 15, QB 16. So I thought people would say, well, it's Dolphins. They're going to run all over him. I looked at it from this is the perfect game to let Lamar Jackson throw to see how much progression he made. You know you're going to handle this game and win easy. Let him throw the ball. And that's exactly what they did. 17 of 20, 324, five touchdown passes, and he barely ran. I mean, this was – a great outcome if you played Lamar Jackson this week. Now, it is Miami, so 
what do we take away from this? Is Lamar Jackson a QB1 the rest of the way? Pretty much must start every week, or do we have to scale back and say, it's the Dolphins, everyone's going to do this to them? Well, everybody is going to do that to them. Uh, but that that's one, you know, that, that's one thing aside. He absolutely looked better throwing the ball than I have given him credit for uh, since he got in this league. No doubt about it. He looked 100 times better than he did at the end of last season. Uh, much more accurate. He threw a couple of really nice dimes deep, which was great to see. And the good thing about that for them, and like you said, he didn't run for anything. I, I think he had, what, six yards. Uh, Russian, so I, obviously it wasn't on the ground, which everybody DFS wise and you know even in fantasy was counting on those rushing yards this week. And like you said, they turned it and used it. Why not throw the ball? Because obviously it was the Dolphins, and it worked for them. And the good thing about that going forward is he doesn't have to do that every week. We know he can run. Um, the fact of the matter is, though, if he continues to throw even close to what he did against Miami, then it's just going to open up more and more lanes for him and Mark Ingram to run out of that backfield, which is only going to be even better. So I, I've been saying all preseason, I, I think he's going to be a good you know, quarterback one for fantasy, but most of that I thought was going to come on the, the ground. I loved what I saw from him in the air yesterday. Yeah, it definitely was great, and I have him in several leagues. I kind of wish I had him in more. Uh, it's just I have a tendency to wait on the quarterback and sometimes to my detriment a little bit too long and then he's gone. Yeah, I do that once in a while too. Yeah, like I, I, we, the league we did here in New York, the GSD league, I could have had Carson Wentz on the 11-12 turn picker from the 12 and I passed. I'm like, oh, I could wait. And I, and I look back. I mean, I have Russell Wilson and Dak, so it's not oh, terrible. Okay. So, yeah, but if, but I, started, I started Wilson over Dak, man. Was that yeah, all right? Well, I mean, Russell Wilson, I, 20 pass attempts. I mean, is this the same garbage? I mean, <laughs> what is going on? And it was a close game. I, I just love the fact that Lockett wasn't even involved. Insane. Um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't two get targets? that at all. Targets yeah, two for targets. Lockett? Two targets, yeah. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't get that at all. In any way, shape, or form, I don't get that. If I'm Russell Wilson and I'm going to throw the ball 20 times, I want at least 15 of them going to Tyler Lockett. I don't – you can't – Tell me otherwise. It doesn't make any sense otherwise. Yeah, I guess the fact, though, that they struggled at home against the Bengals offense that we didn't think was going to be that great, and especially with Joe Mixon going down, maybe that means that they're playing from behind on the road potentially and leading to more pass attempts for Russell Wilson because in the past, the Seahawks had this really defense. Even last year when we expected them to take a step back, they really didn't. They were solid, so... They've lost a lot. I think that's what you have to hope for if you are invested in Russell Wilson, that the team is in a position where they have to pass more because we just didn't see it in week one. But the Ravens, so Marquise Brown, and I think we all knew coming out of college how good he could be, but he was dealing with this uh, foot injury and really didn't practice much. Even there was a question of whether he would play this week uh, in the middle of the week, and you could see what he can do, especially when you have Lamar Jackson, the threat for him as a run, the entire team expected to run, and then you get him one-on-one, -on -one, the ability to beat defenders. I mean, a huge game. He only played 14 snaps, had 14 four snaps, for 147, two touchdowns. And I got to think he's a free agent in a lot of leagues where people are listening. Obviously, in the high-stakes leagues with 20 rounds, he goes. But in leagues with 16 roster spots, he's got to be out there. So are you buying Marquise Brown this week? Uh, no, there's a lot of good wide receivers out there that you can buy this week. And look, I like Marquise Brown, but this is not going to be an every week occurrence. It isn't. You know, part of that absolutely came down because it was Miami um, and they just weren't ready for anything. Their, their secondary is terrible. 
so, you know, a good point of that. So you go up against a better defense with a better secondary. And, you know, Brown's not putting up those kind of numbers. So I think everybody's going to overreact. A lot of people are going to spend a lot of waiver money on him. And I just don't get it. Uh, there's a lot of other guys out there that have potential to do this on a week-in, week-out basis, or at least closer to that than I think Marquise Brown. Look, he did it on 14 snaps. That's not something you can do every week. They, I have to believe they're going to get him more snaps going forward. But then again, against most defenses, I have to believe that Lamar Jackson is going to run a lot more too. Yeah, I think the 14 snaps was just because the game was out of hand, and you know he was dealing with that foot injury. He already did his thing, so pull him out. I, I completely think that's why they did it. Uh, now, to me, this is But like, either way, it's still the same effect. I mean, they pulled him out to save the leg. I get that. But they're still concerned about that leg, which bothers me, too. Yeah, that's... Uh, you know, if, well, if I'm the guy... If I, if I go out there and get him right now on waivers, the first thing I'm looking to do trade is him. trade him. Yeah, I drafted him in a couple leagues, so I, I didn't have him in my lineup, obviously. Like, I don't see... You know, we talked about it last week. You're pretty much drafting the guys that you drafted early, unless you have, like, a great matchup or there's an injury. So, actually, I actually had him on the bench and played Dante Pettis, but I didn't think Pettis Ooh. would play two snaps. I know. I Look, I know that I just – look, they were playing the Cardinals. and I get it. I absolutely get it, man. I, it sucks. It hurts. I have no idea what that San Francisco passing offense is going to look like week to week. Outside of George Kittle, I just don't think this is going to happen. There's something going on with Pettis we're not hearing about uh, that's more than what they were saying in preseason. Uh, obviously, uh, two snaps, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, and Shanahan alluded to uh, – he alluded to motivation, him not doing what he needs yeah. to do, and a calf injury. So it's like, which one is it? So yeah. <laughs> the bottom line is you just don't play these San Fran receivers right now. You can roster Debo Samuel – and hold him, but Kittle is clearly the number one option, which we all expect. And he had two touchdowns called back. Right. Which sucked. And right. Cameron Braid also had two touchdowns called back in that game. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, Tyree Kill and his absence, what that does for Kansas City. He has the collarbone injury. We haven't seen exact reports, but it looks like he's going to miss a few weeks. I think everyone said, all right, McCall Hardman, but he did not do much. He did play 52 snaps. I still think, though, Hardman could be a guy that maybe, if he is available in your league, that goes lower than some of the receivers who put up big numbers. And wouldn't you want to invest in the Chiefs' offense? Absolutely. I want every piece of the Chiefs' offense I could get. And I'm with you. I'm going out and trying to grab uh, Hardman this week as well. Again, you're not going to have to pay as much because he didn't do much. And that's a good thing. You've got to use that to your advantage. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see you know, what happens going forward. Uh, this was, you know, the passing game yesterday was all Sammy Watkins. Uh, but, you know, that's not going to be the case every week. And, you know, we'll have to see. You know, this, this Jaguar team shut down Mahomes in this offense last year. And Mahomes just came back with a vengeance this year. All right, lots more ahead. And it could get interesting because we have to talk about a player that Jim and I were divided on. And you can look at it two ways here in week one. That's Todd Gurley. We'll talk next here at Full Time Fantasy. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. 
Back here it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Don't forget, check out fulltimefantasy.com. Use the promo code RONUS50. Get your first two months for the price of one. We have weekly projections. We have DFS. And, of course, a ton of articles, waiver wire, fab articles, stock watch, and a lot more. So make sure you become a member today. And you can ask your questions on the message boards in the forums anytime you want. You can find... Taz at ffchamps.com as we recap week one, look at the big storylines of what it means for your fantasy team going forward. And a player that was very divisive in the fantasy community and even divided us was Todd Gurley. And I was on the, I'm not drafting Todd Gurley because I'm just worried about how his arthritic knee would hold up. You said, Hey, he's tremendous value. He's fine. And I think there's, I think both sides can say that it was a win yesterday, depending on how you look at it. I know what you're going to say. You probably know what I'm going to say. Gurley had 14 carries, 97 yards. That's good. 6.9 yards per carry. He had one catch for four yards. But what I was concerned about was we didn't see him in the red zone a lot. Malcolm Brown had five red zone carries. Todd Gurley had none. Malcolm Brown had 11 carries, 53 yards, and two rushing touchdowns. And I saw a play where Gurley... Had an opportunity, if he could get past that one defender, might have been able to go in the end zone. Instead, he took it out of bounds and showed no effort to even attempt to break through the defender. So, for me, I think this is still concerning about Gurley because this is week one. They said, again, this is what I had a problem with. Everyone was like, oh, he's healthy. The Rams say he's fine. Don't believe anything the Rams tell you. How do we not learn this by now? (laughs) They said he was fine last year, and he barely played in the two and most important games, the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl. And then this week they said, yeah, yeah, no restrictions on him. That looked like a guy that had restrictions to me. Jim, what do you think? I'm with you, Adam. They definitely had restrictions. But at the same time, he still did look good when he got the rushing attempts. Uh, you know, over six yards of carry, I take that. Almost 100 yards on 14 totes. The touchdowns will come. It may not be the big number we saw last year, no doubt. Um, and the receptions thing, I, I'm just going to push that off. And, you know, I, I don't expect that to be an every week type of thing. He will get his receptions. No reason not to. It just didn't fall into place. You can say whatever you want there. But I'm, that doesn't concern me as much as Malcolm Brown getting the goal line touches uh, bothers me much more because, I mean, that's a big part of Gurley's game is, you know, getting those double-digit touchdowns. And if this ends up being a trend, then it could be a thing that all year really just degrades uh, Gurley's value, no doubt. But at the same time, it also could be week one overreaction, you know, just the way it worked out. They wanted to get him a little breaks at that point, whatever. I don't know. I can't say to that what they were thinking. You know, we always expect rational coaching. We don't always get rational coaching. Um, But I think right now, this would be the perfect example for me to go buy him low. Because I still think he's going to put up good fantasy points this year. I think if he continues to run the way he did yesterday, he is going to score touchdowns. And right now, there are a lot of people out there that own Gurley that are now starting to believe all the nonsense you guys are throwing out there. And he's still not worth anything. So you might very well get somebody who was on the fence when they drafted him. You might be able to go steal him right now. Well, first of all, I'm not bashing him my concern <laughs> was long term the entire year i'm looking towards the middle to the end of the season because we have no idea how he's going to hold up remember he's had all this time off you're right absolutely but how many other running backs in that same range can we say the same thing yeah but the, Calvin the, the, cook looked tremendous yesterday. right uh, here's the how thing. long can he keep it 
I understand that people say that, but here's what I know. I know that Dalvin Cook is healthy at this moment. I know that Gurley has an issue at this moment. That's the difference because this is football. We can go over all these running backs and find a flaw, all of them. The only guys, yeah, right. the only guys who who go in early, who really there's no issues with, is McCaffrey, who's been two years in the league, hasn't missed a game. Zeke, three years in the league, hasn't been on the injury report. Barkley, obviously, only one year. Kamara had a concussion and missed a, a couple key games. Was it two years ago? Because I remember having him in an important spot. But after that, you know, Bell sat out. What's his conditioning? Yeah, Dalvin Cook has had injuries. Fournette. So yeah, everyone in that range. I understand that, but I know that Gurley has an issue right now. That was my point. The thing about buying low on him, I doubt you can because the girly owner who drafted him is probably as confident as you are. That's that. You know what I mean? Unless oh, wait, no, see, no, I, I don't think that. I really don't think that. Uh, um, I think a lot of people took him, especially in those drafts where he fell to the third round, and people were just saying, "Okay, well, that's just too much. I got to take a chance here." I, I still, I bet you, there are there are owners out there right now who are saying, oh, my God, Gurley is going to be a, a total dud for me all year. I guarantee you there's owners that are saying that. That's possible. I just have to – it just felt to me like the people who were taking Gurley in the second round, they exuded a lot of confidence. So uh, I think they're going to have the perspective of you. But you never know, and that's why you try. And, you know, I really don't do a lot of trading in football. I, I play in some trade leagues, but, you know, obviously with the Fantasy Football World Championship where I have several leagues, yeah, there's no can. trading. <laughs> Uh, and then I play in another league that we do here in New York because it's, you know, a decent buy-in. We avoided the collusion, so we don't right. do any trades. But I do have a few leagues that trades and industry leagues. Do you think, like, after week one is, like, the best week to trade? Oh, it is. There's so many great things you can do right now. Heck, there's got to be people out there freaking out about Mike Evans. Uh, you know, guys like that, I, I don't care. Yeah, bad week. That's okay. I'll deal with that. But, you know, those guys that I like to go out and get. And then on the other side of the coin, guys, guys like Austin Eckler had a great game yesterday. He looked great doing it. But look at it from my perspective. I'm thinking of this and I'm saying, well, look, if, I, if I'm Melvin Gordon after seeing that game, I'm thinking, well, maybe I need to get back into camp sooner and get back on this field and start playing again. Uh, because, I mean, literally, I have no leverage at this point. I might as well get out there and try and showcase what I do have left for next year for a big contract. You know, there's the other side of the coin where he stays out to stay healthy. I get that. But to me, that's a, that's a uh, I want to say, lazy way out, whatever. But if it's me, I want to get back on that field now. Um, and if that in does, does happen, then Eckler loses a lot of value. He's not going to be that same guy he was yesterday. So for me, Eckler is on the other side. He's a very much a sell high right now because I don't think his value is ever going to be better than it is right this moment. Yeah, great game for him yesterday, mostly in the passing game. I don't know. I, I think this Gordon thing is going to last probably to the. Well, it could, but that's what I mean. You gotta, sometimes you got to take chances. Yes. We, we both know you don't win championships by not taking chances. No, that is definitely the case for sure. And that's uh, going to be the big. We're going to probably get a lot of trade questions this week. And we know how people overreact to week one. Look, I've had some teams that had a bad week. I'm not worried about it. It's week one. Look at all the leaders and receivers this week. It's like a bunch of rookie receivers who are on the yeah. waiver wire. And we John know. Ross, where did he come from? Yeah, you know, speaking of John Ross, that's a good one. All right, third year in the league. We know he has a ton of speed. He's been a complete bust. But, hey, when your quarterback has time to throw and you have the speed he does, he can get open. He did drop a couple passes, but a huge game for him. Are you buying him? Because he's got to be on the waiver wire in most leagues. 
He is absolutely on the waiver wire in most leagues, and I would take a shot on him. Look, we're probably not going to see A.G. Green for a couple of weeks yet, and that's going to still open the door for Ross to really get going, especially with Mixon being hurt now. I think they rely more heavily on the, on the pass going forward, and that's absolutely going to play into Ross's hand until A.J. Green comes back, in which case he takes a hit again. But at that point, he again, he's another one for me that if you out, go out and get him, I wouldn't be surprised to go out and try and trade him high. Uh, while it's still happening, but he actually looked like a wide receiver yesterday, something he didn't do at all last year. Uh, he ran a couple of really nice routes. He really had the defender turned around on himself a couple of times. That's what I needed to see from him that we just weren't seeing before. So, you know, maybe this kid finally figured it out and we'll turn it around. We'll get a chance to see. But I, I do want to give people perspective on week one. And what I mean by that is if you go back to last last year, here are some of the names that had great week ones. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 417 passing yards, four touchdowns. Case Keenum, 329 yards, three touchdowns. Will Disley had three receptions for 105 yards and a touchdown. Randall Cobb had nine receptions for 142 yards and a touchdown. Isaiah Crowell had 102 rushing yards and two touchdowns. You know, we know how the rest of the year went for them. Yeah, a lot of them did not work out well. So, yes, you have to keep that in uh, consideration that uh, these things quickly change and it's only one game, it's week one, and people still panic. So if that's the time to take advantage of that. Kyler Murray uh, was terrible early on, and then he finished strong, and then they wound up with a tie, a 27-27 tie. Uh, what did you take away from Kyler Murray in this game? Uh, it looked like they were trying to get – too cute early in the game and, you know, trying to do too much instead of trying to establish any kind of a rhythm. It looked like they finally started to come together when they needed to and, you know, started going no huddle. If I'm them, I would go no huddle all the time. Keep the defenses on the field as much as you can. Don't let them get off. And if you're running that many plays each and every game, those defenders are going to be gassed by quarter four, if not earlier. And that's exactly what they should be doing. They should be trying to make that defense stay on the field for all four downs. Don't let them substitute. And the only way to do that is just go no huddle all game. If that's what I, if they want to do that fast offense, then that's exactly what they should be doing. Yeah, and I think Kingsbury said that himself, that they were too cute early on. They tried to do too many things. And obviously it was a little bit different there late in the game because it was so funny. I saw people bashing Murray on Twitter in the first, second <laughs> quarter. And then you, you know how that works, man. Let the game finish. So yeah, I, I hate that. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves. Guys coming out, ah, see, I told you he was going to be a bum. Yeah. Let the then, game end. Exactly. Until the end of the game. And it's only week one. Like, <laughs> Yeah, and it's only week one. Really? We're going to celebrate? Oh, I told you he couldn't play in the NFL. He's terrible. Yeah, okay. So that happened all the time. Uh, quickly on Jacksonville, man, Nick Foles, a broken collarbone. He's going to miss at least eight weeks. Gardner Minshew, who would have thought we'd be talking about him? He came in and was solid, but can he keep this going? Well, I don't know, he, but he did look good. What what he end up completing, 88% of his passes? Um, you know, I look, I look at that and I say, well, that's damn good. Uh, can he keep it up? Who knows? He's a rookie, you know, trying to fight, but he put up decent numbers in college. We'll have to see. But he looked good yesterday. Uh, a team did not look good yesterday. Everyone was picking this team. Everyone loves this team. That is the Cleveland Browns, and they looked Ooh. atrocious. <laughs> We're going to talk about them next. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis and Fantasy Taz, a.k.a. Jim Day. We're here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Find me at FullTimeFantasy.com. You can find Taz at FFChamps.com. And everyone, or most people, were crowning the Browns as this great team this year. They were going to win the division. Even heard some Super Bowl talk, which I thought was crazy. There was a lot of hype on this team. They were on the cover of Sports Illustrated and I think they're good. I just think people were kind of overrating them. I mean, again, I was invested in them for fantasy. Uh, but I remember, like, you know, Dr. Otto and I were going over the schedule. He's like, oh, this team's going to win all these games. I'm like, okay, the schedule looks good on paper, but I don't know. Like, I don't think they're a lock to win a division. And, boy, they were absolutely terrible against Tennessee of all teams, a team where people were saying, well, I don't know if Marcus Mariota is going to be the starter. It could be Ryan Tannehill. So they looked great on their first drive, and it fell apart. Uh, Baker Mayfield threw three interceptions. One was taken back for a touchdown. He took a safety late in the first half. He hurt his wrist as well. Uh, They had x-rays on it, but it doesn't seem to be serious at this point, but you never know what injuries were still. It's a Monday. Uh, Their offensive line, which was a problem in the preseason, was here. Uh, They had Robinson get ejected. They had another injury. Nick Chubb was vultured on a touchdown near the goal line by Dontrell Hilliard, who left this game with a concussion. But, man, this was just not the performance you want to see for Cleveland. This is a team that has never had pressure on them. They do now. And, again, it's week one. I'm not overreacting. But this was not the start you wanted to see as a Cleveland Browns fan. No, absolutely not. And like you said, there is pressure on them now. They've always been that team that nobody put pressure on to win. But with all this, you know, turnover and the way Baker ended the season of course there's a lot of hype on this team Beckham there now but the one thing you know a lot of people have been saying this as well during preseason is the one thing you have to be concerned with here is you have a lot of massive egos you have a lot of guys that if things don't get off to a good start could absolutely start to clash Uh, Mayfield and Beckham obviously come right to the forefront but then you have to worry if Beckham starts getting annoyed and starts acting up, how fast is it going to be before Landry does the same thing since these guys are boys, you know? They, they've known each other forever. They're best friends. If Beckham starts getting mad, how soon is it going to be before Landry does the same thing? And, you know, all of a sudden now you got the two-star wideouts, uh, you know, fighting with the star quarterback. And, you know, it could just implode quickly because of all those massive eagles i'm not saying that's absolutely what's going to happen that's just in the range of outcomes is that happening and this team being a total bust again because they can't come together as a team and to me that might very well you know that lays at the feet of freddie kitchens as the new head coach and the fact that he's never been a head coach before maybe he can't deal with all these egos Again, it, I'm not saying that's absolutely what's going to happen. They have a lot of talent on that field, but if they can't get that O-line set up and, and playing better, man, we could be looking at the start of a terrible season that everybody thought was going to be great. Yeah, it's definitely something to watch. And, again, you don't want to overreact to week one. Week two, they play 
the Jets on Monday night. So two teams coming off very, very disappointing losses and uh, big storylines there for there's going to be one of those teams that starts 0-2. Not that the Jets were yeah, expected really. <laughs> to do much, but I think there was at least some optimism. And then to have a 16-0 lead against the Bills and blow it was certainly uh, not what you wanted to see as a Jets fan uh, or uh, part of their offense. Unless you were an owner of Jameson Crowder who just soaked just up all the targets, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely one of my best plays of the week, and I called him on uh, on yesterday morning's show and also Friday's show, my Friday show, because uh, I just – we knew Robbie Anderson wasn't 100%, plus he had a terrible matchup against Tredavious White. So I just expected Crowder to be used a lot more than people expected. I just didn't expect it to be that much. <laughs> I mean, it was like Darnold was just locked into him. And, you know, a lot of that has to fall on Chris Herndon not being there as well. At least, you know, if you had Chris Herndon there, he'd have another reliable, you know, short to intermediate range receiver he could go to. But Robbie Anderson being hurt definitely didn't help them at all. Yeah, and also Anderson has some tough matchups. Tredavious White yesterday, so that kind of hurts, and that opens it up for a guy like Jamison Crowder. And we all know, too, the slot receiver there in that offense is going to feast. And, you know, Crowder's always been a guy I liked, but it's the big thing with him is, can he stay healthy? That's been the problem right. throughout his career. He's not a big receiver, so that's the well, one thing you're keeping on takes a lot of it. damage. Uh, the Vikings, we all knew that they wanted to run the football. It was pretty obvious, obviously, when they made the change in offensive coordinator last year. They felt like they didn't run the ball enough. But you talk about a disparity. Kirk Cousins with 10 <laughs> pass attempts yesterday. I know the game was out of hand, and they had the lead. But, man, 10 pass attempts. He salvaged his day with a rushing touchdown and a passing touchdown. But, boy, that's not what you want to see if you have Kirk Cousins. Well, it's not what you want to see when you have Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs either. Um, you know, both of them, you know, at least Thielen got that touchdown. But outside of that, I mean, three receptions for 43 yards is not what you expect from Adam Thielen. Stephon Diggs, you know, I kind of expected his numbers, but more because, you know, he's, he was still dealing with the soft injury tissue injury and he's never before shown a tendency to go out and have a good game when he's been dealing with soft tissue injuries so I kind of had a feeling he would be down but because of that I expected Thielen to be much more involved and that was absolutely not not the case luckily that last you know that touchdown actually saved his day for fantasy owners yeah no it definitely did <laughs> otherwise it would have been a lot worse uh the Tampa Bay offense I mean this was brutal and I, I have a lot of Jameis Winston uh, this year, and I even when I made another pick of him on Saturday, I said, he better have a good year or I'm in trouble. I just felt like he was going to pass out. I know he makes mistakes, but, man, this was a terrible start. Mike Evans was dealing with a little bit of an illness. Uh, he, you know, he did miss some practice. But, boy, this was not the start you wanted to see if you uh, invested in the Tampa Bay offense. Obviously, Chris Godwin did salvage his day with a touchdown. Uh, O.J. Howard had a drop. Thank God. Yeah, right? I know. <laughs> Otherwise, oh, man, what a disaster. But uh, could it be that maybe the San Francisco defense is a little bit improved here? Uh, or is this a sign of things to come for Tampa Bay, which actually has five of their next seven on the road, including Thursday night, short week in Carolina? Well, it still plays into the game script we all liked in the fact that we think that they're going to have to throw a lot. Uh, you know, and the problem is that, Winston just wasn't very good when he was throwing. Uh, you know, he did attempt 36 passes. It just they, they just weren't very sharp and very clean. And, you know, that's where he has to turn it around. But, look, let, let's face it, you know, when, when 
uh, Dari Ogunbowale is tied for the team lead in receptions, you know it's not a great game. Yeah, that is true. He had four. O.J. Howard had four. Godwin only had three on six targets, so it was kind of spread around. Six targets for Godwin, five for Obergen Wale, five for Howard, five for Evans. And Ronald Jones actually looked pretty good in this game, man. He showed some bursts that I haven't seen. 13 carries, 75 yards. Barber, eight for 33. So could there be any glimmer of hope with Ronald Jones? Absolutely could be. There's no doubt about it. He looked good running the ball, but we knew he could run the ball. It's a matter of, you know, can he catch the ball out of the backfield? And he caught his own target, got 18 yards out of it. Um, the other side of the coin was, can he block and pick up the blitz, which is something even in preseason he was having a lot of problems with. But, uh, you know, if they keep getting him involved this way and he keeps getting this many attempts, then I think he's in, he could be a surprise. I don't think he's a league winner type of surprise player, but I definitely think he, he's going to provide more value than he was where he was drafted. Yeah, no, that's for sure. So that's a backfield to keep an eye on for sure because uh, maybe there could be something there. But if they're going to all split, it's going to be tough on a week-to-week basis. Darius Geis, dealing with knee soreness, it's so funny because, I, I look, I love the talent, and I was drafting him last year before he got hurt, but I pretty much stayed away from him this year. I was just worried. Plus, looked at now, obviously I didn't expect this to happen with Adrian Peterson where he was a healthy scratch week one. But with Peterson there and Thompson, uh, and then, of course, Gruden came out. Oh, yeah, he's a guy is a three-down back. That's why we drafted him. And yesterday he came out, did not have a good game. And now he's dealing with knee soreness on the other knee of where he tore his ACL. And remember, this is the Redskins, too. You know, there's some medical staff that you have to worry about. You know, we've seen Trent Williams so upset. I mean, the Redskins made it seem like he was fine. And, you know, you could say, hey, it's bad luck. You should, you know, this is just unfortunate. But I don't know if you were drafting guys. I know he was going sixth, seventh round. No. I didn't no. feel good about it. It was just <laughs> it's it's the health, it's the offensive line, it's this offense, and uh, now he might be missing some time. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't in on him either, and it was more because he just kept having setback after setback after setback after having the surgeries. So that was a concern to me, and has been a concern to me. So um, yeah, I didn't invest a lot in him in drafts either. I did take uh, some Peterson late. So maybe that pays off a little bit. Uh, and they are talking about Trent Williams maybe coming back for week two. So that would definitely give this this offensive line a shot in the arm that it might need uh, right in time for me to get some Peterson love for next couple of weeks uh, as Geis misses time. But, yeah, this has got to be start to be troubling now for Geis and the people that drafted him because this just seems to be a consistent thing. Hopefully he can get past it. But uh, you got to be concerned. Uh, the 49ers backfield, uh, Tevin Coleman injured his ankle, and it from the sounds of it, it looks like he could miss some time. Matt Breida obviously will lead this backfield, although Raheem Mostert obviously will come in as well. Uh, Breida did not really perform great. I think he did leave the game briefly. At, th- at first I saw a concussion, but then I think it wound up being dehydration or something right. like that. Yeah, that's um, what it was. And, you know, I expected a, a better game against Tampa. I actually started him in some leagues. Uh, but still, I think you have to feel good if you're a Brita owner going forward, knowing that he should get the bulk of the carries in this backfield. Well, Mostert will definitely get, get a little bit of his. There's no doubt that he'll definitely be involved. He actually ran good nine carries for 40 yards. So, you know, not terrible at all. And they'll probably bring up Jeff Wilson off the practice squad as well, really depending on how many weeks uh, Coleman is going to miss. 
But at the same time, the one thing I did take away from it was that the Tampa defense played much better than I expected. Um, they seemed to be flying to the ball a little bit more than they did in years past, and they, they were definitely a little faster than I remember them being. Yeah, no, they definitely played a lot better than I thought. I did not expect this at all. Uh, Bengals coach Zach Taylor said Joe Mixon has an ankle sprain. It looks like a low grain sprain. They're saying he's day-to-day, so don't know if he's going to play this week. So Gio Bernard, obviously, if he's available, would become uh, someone that you have to get, correct? Oh, absolutely. And he was somebody I wanted before this anyway because they paid him a good bit of money and, you know, better than backup type money like they were going to get him involved. And then they started talking about it, that they were going to get him more involved than people thought. So now this just kind of cements that you got to keep mixing healthy for the year if you want to have any kind of chance to be in contention. So we may very well see him start to run the ball more. Yeah, so – Pay attention to that. If Gio's out there, he'll be on the waiver wire list uh, for sure this week. Uh, how about uh, the performance of Danny Amendola? Are you buying this? Marvin Jones only had four targets. Galladay had a touchdown, but it was a lot of uh, Amendola and TJ Hawkinson as well. Yeah. That, look, Amendola has always been a good receiver. We know that. The problem is that he's a little tiny guy who plays like he's a big-ass linebacker. Um, and he throws his body into defenders all the time and ends up getting hurt. So if he's healthy and fully on the field, he's absolutely somebody I, I can believe can do this, especially working out of the slot in that offense. He should be able to do a lot of damage, no doubt about it. Uh, it's just how long can he stay healthy? And Hawkinson, I mean, pff, I love the kid coming in, but even I was a little hesitant to start him yesterday uh, because, you know, hey, for week one, Rookie tight ends always have a little bit of an issue, but, man, that kid balled up last night, uh, yesterday, and played an excellent game. It's going to be interesting to see what he can do going forward. All right, when we come back, we'll wrap it up. We'll take a look at any late-breaking news, and we have two games on the schedule for tonight. Always first Monday night of the season, we get two games, so we got the Texans and the Saints and the Broncos and the Raiders. What should we look for in those games? We'll talk about it next. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. Back here, it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis, along with Fantasy Taz, a.k.a. Jim Day. Join me for this hour today here wrapping up week one. We do have two games tonight. Texans and the Saints kick it off at 7, 10 p.m. Eastern. New Orleans favored by 6.5. Over-under is 52. Uh, what are you looking for in this game tonight? I really want to see the Houston offense and, and how much they're going to use Duke Johnson. I'm really involved in that. I have a lot of Duke Johnson shares. Uh, and a lot of them were shares I drafted way earlier where I got them really late and just said, what the heck? Um, but, you know, as it moved forward, I still liked him. I think he has a chance to be a, a running back two in this offense uh, with upside even. 
So I like him, and I want to see how much they're going to use him. Let's face it, Carlos Hyde, he's okay for what he is, but I have to believe at this point that Duke Johnson is just a better overall running back. Yeah, I do too, and I'm the same. I took Duke Johnson in the sixth round of an online championship league on Saturday. Uh, so I'm hoping that he's heavily involved in the pass game. He, look, we all knew he wasn't getting 220, 225 carries, so I don't think Carlos Hyde is that much of a threat. It's just a matter of, you know, Duke getting uh, 150 carries will be fine and just catch 50 to 60 passes. So definitely looking out for that. And then, of course, we have the Broncos Raiders. Denver favored by three. Over under is 43 in this one. And, man, uh, we didn't even get to talk about Antonio Brown, but that was wild, man. Just following that out in Vegas this weekend, that was just absolutely – I've never seen anything <laughs> like that. Yeah, that was kind of nuts. You go to bed on, uh, you know, Saturday night, everything is copacetic, and, you know, it's all going to be good, and wake up the next morning. Actually, it might have been Friday night. I don't know. The whole weekend was a blur. Uh, there's so much going on. But, you know, wake up the next morning, and all hell breaks loose again. And then the next thing you know, they release him, and he's on the Patriots. Oh, my God. You know, it's like uh, just what they needed. You know, a month ago, everybody – didn't want to draft Brady because he had no receivers. Now, all of a sudden, he's got a huge plethora of good receivers, and the sky's the limit if he can keep them on the field. Yeah, I took Brown on Saturday at 3-6, my third wide receiver. So, took a shot. Obviously, don't have him for week one, but uh, if any team can get him to work out, it's the New England Patriots. Taz, want to thank you once again for joining me for this hour. You can find him at ffchamps.com. Find me at fulltimefantasy.com. And I'll be back Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Have a great day.